welcome back. This is the With You With Me BFIS podcast, um, season two, episode four. I am your host, Javira Scotto, head of partnerships and community here at With You With Me. And we want to welcome to the show two amazing people. But before we do that, um, just want to reiterate for those who are first time listeners on the program that the BFIS podcast is about showcasing the amazing veterans and the people that we have working for our organization and also highlighting those employers that are coming along on the journey of, you know, solving the mission of veteran underemployment. So I have two special guests with me today. Um, Guys, welcome to the show. Thank Thank you. Um, What I'll do is I'll let each one of them introduce themselves, themselves, tongue tied, sorry about that, um, themselves to who they are and where they've come from. So Aaron, can we start with you first? Yeah, sure. Hi, my name's Aaron. Um, I am a Navy veteran. I joined in 2001, did 15 years. I was a submariner chef. Uh, I separated in 2016, mm-hmm. went out into industry, chefed offshore for a little while, realized that wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, was introduced to the journey in the Brisbane seminar 2017. Oh. So the very first one up in Brisbane, up in Queensland, um, was introduced to RPA, had no idea what RPA was. Mm-hmm. Like most other people. Funny little robots that did stuff on computers, yep. which it's definitely not. Um, and then I moved down to Melbourne with my wife, Rian, who's also come through the program as well. Went out in the industry for a while and then late last year, Kamal convinced me to come and start passing back my information to veterans in the journey. So Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. We'll get into a little bit more of, I suppose, your story in there. Um, but yeah, you're in for a while, separated, went into the, obviously the emerging technology sort of space. Um, and we'll dig into those little questions a little bit later. But Kamal, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, Kamal Pinjo, um, Army. Uh, 20 years joined in, well, I'm in the transition period right now. Um, uh, joined as an, or listed as an avionics technician, um, specialised on Blackhawk, so spent most of my career then. And then jumped over, uh, my wife uh, pushed me and encouraged me to jump over the dark side and become an aerospace engineer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, guys, catch 22, guys, this is my husband. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I studied at Australian Defence Force Academy, became an aerospace engineer, uh, went back to aviation, Army Aviation, so I'm RAMI, uh, Corps of RAMI, and then uh, deployed a couple number of times and spent some time overseas working with the US Army. And then um, on my way back, my wife introduced me, or Javier introduced me to uh, the CEO, Tom Moore, with you with me. Um, so he introduced me to the company and it was amazing what we were doing or what the company was doing at the time. Um, and when I came back to Australia, I sort of thought I went, yeah, it's probably time for me to, to make a jump um, at that time in my life uh, to try something new. Um, so I was introduced to robotics. Um, I was like, all right, what's this? And saw sort of like the opportunities that came out of it and went, wow, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a go. Did a bit of YouTube research, read some papers, um, and then joined the company, did the training, joined the company, took over head of automation and then uh, evolved and I've delivered some projects ever since then and met Aaron. Cool, let's let's delve into that <coughs> a little bit more guys. Um, so I think the common theme here, because we don't want to be like blah, 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 <laughs> like that. So um, I think the common theme here is that you both joined into the emerging tech space within automation. Um, so before we continue on with your journey as it's been through transitioning out of service, I suppose, 
you both have come from defence, spent a long time in there, then come out into the emerging tech space. Maybe the question should be then, why emerging tech? What sort of helped you make that decision? So I'll start with you, Aaron. Um, I... Come on. Okay. Come on. Okay, you're done. Okay, well, that was easy. (laughs) Um, To be honest, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I left. Uh, I wanted to get away from catering, hospitality, all that stuff. I wanted to move into um, defense project management. Oh, okay. Um, And as I was coming through the course, Kamal had actually been through. Uh, probably six months before me, uh, maybe a bit earlier yeah. than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was sort of, you know, give me the rundown of the industry, tell me what it was all about. Sure. Same sort of thing, did all my own research. Um, and, you know, it was something that I saw had a quite uh, rapid trajectory. Sure. Whereas the project management space, while equally a good job, probably wouldn't have had the career track that I was looking for. Sure. Um, and I just found out that even though I was a chef, I had a lot of transferable skills. Yeah. So creative thinking. Um, you know, adaptive reasoning and people management. Yep. And all I had to do was learn the tech. So it was yep. just an easy transition, sort of three months, and then jumped out in the industry, and then it just went straight up from there. So. And I think that's really important. What I want to highlight in that point is that, and especially everyone who's watching us on the show or listening to us through the audio, you came as a chef, yes. right? And you think if people are listening, are going, I'm a chef, and then I got into emerging tech, how is that transferable, you know, how is that translatable, you know? Absolutely. Because in industry, as we know, if let's say we were going down to the traditional path of I'm getting out of the defense force and I'm going to go into civilian street, as they say, I think if you had have gone down that traditional route, you would have been like, oh, you should be a chef on the outside. Absolutely. You know, like, yep. and the fact that you highlighted some points there in terms of you had um, adaptive reasoning skills, you know, people management skills. They are all skills that you can apply into the emerging tech scene. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do a lot of mentoring now. Um, I'm in a position where I'm leading, um, you know, million dollar projects um, out in the industry, government. I've been overseas. And the, the biggest thing is I view everyone coming out of the military as a BA. You know, we have all those, we're, we're constantly filling in documentation. We're sure. having to deal with stakeholders, i.e. command. Um, you know, we're having to interpret um, their intent with, next to no information and mm-hmm. putting that on paper is really hard but yeah. we're just giving people a go in tech and just training them up and yep. you know they're they're flourishing it's just the biggest problem i'm trying to get over at the moment is um veterans and their own perception of how sure. they can do that in the industry and once mm-hmm. we get that in their minds they're just yeah absolutely killing it yeah um so kamal um maybe you're because i know you gave a little bit of a a, an overview of sort of where you came from coming back from an aviation sort of industry went overseas did some obviously a lot of project management leads um managing multi-million dollar projects over there but what sort of was the the transition into emerging tech that sort of helped you make that decision um that's a good question i Initially, when I saw it, I, I sort of didn't see it the way Aaron saw it. I sort of went, "Wow, this is a great opportunity," and sure. I'm always an opportunity type of person. So I went, "I'm going to give this a go." Yeah, that was what I wanted to do, and it was robotics, right? So when I really learned what actually was, I went, "Well, I'm an engineer, so I should be able to do this." Yeah. yeah? So that's what I. That's how I connected it. So it was very, very simplistic view of it, um, and I'm 
from my command experience, I was like, well, I want to build something and I want to build a team. Sure. And so now my focus is I understand the tech, I understand how to deliver projects and mm -hmm. I understand how to manage and command teams and build them. Um, and I did that a lot overseas and here in Australia. So when I joined the company and when I was in the, in the, in the industry and I saw what the industry needed mm. because it was lacking um, mm. in skill and talent, I went, I just need a good team of people or I need good people to make a team that can understand the technology and I know I'm gonna be able to deliver on capability. Yeah. So that was what I knew. And so I went, all right, I'm gonna start building my team. So Aaron was like one of the first. Mm. Um, and obviously his, his wife, Rianne, was a, another one. And then there was another a couple of other people that I had eyes on that I knew if I could bring them into the team and d develop them slowly and mentor mm. them, then once they became part of With You With Me or became part of an actual pro uh, project team, mm. they'd be highly effective. Yeah. And, and so we've seen that now. Yeah. And I think both of you said a very common theme there that you were able to utilize the skills that you'd learned from defense and the, the skills that you actually put into practice during your, during your service, you know, um, and all you had to do was actually learn the tech. And the tech is not realistically that hard. Can, can we just, I suppose, because a lot of people, when you talk about emerging tech, they're like, oh, I don't like computers, and oh, no, it's just too hard. Do you know what I mean? But can you, uh, yeah. He's a good one, he's a good one. And Aaron does it all the time during the, the when we talk about building solutions using the, t the tool. Mm -hmm. It's no different to being in the military, right? You get mm -hmm. given tools, and they all do specific things, or they can do a range of things, or they're mm -hmm. multi-tools. But there's times when you need to be creative and sure. think outside the box box to be more effective inside the box right because mm -hmm. it's all process driven driven you need to be creative so Aaron has shown and we've been able to show that if you look at a problem the way we do in the military you can actually create a better solution a more mm -hmm. creative solution so yeah that's the way I see it I think the tools just it's like learning how to shoot a weapon you know yeah slowly run crawl walk run okay let's get into it done yeah, absolutely. And our training methodology is designed to literally take a grad off the street, mm -hmm. you know, and then train them up and, you know, sort of three, six months, they're out there leading projects, not even considering the vast experience that the military guys have. Sure. Um, and then taking them through, they're just, they're really kicking goals very quickly. Yeah. Uh, so I think um, maybe it's a good point to jump in there that the training element of what we do. Both of you just spoke about that the with you with me approach is about taking someone that maybe has no background and experience or maybe a little bit, you know, engineer or someone to sort of understand that it's it's a nurturing way to, to show you how what to do. It's about, you know, instead of me answering that question, how would you then describe, given that you've both done the training and Kamal, then I want you to talk, elaborate a little bit on for everyone about the training that you have built. But I'll start with you, Aaron. Talk to me or talk to everyone that's listening about how the the training helped you to understand that emerging techs are specifically within RPA. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, our course is definitely not a silver bullet because um, sure. there's a lot of other stuff and we definitely encourage people to go out there, you know, go on their journey. But the way our course is designed is definitely the um, crawl, walk, run methodology, but it's not the military training methodology where it's force fed, you must achieve. 
we oh, provide okay. it in a really nurturing way. Um, you know, we're very responsive to people's needs. We've got mm-hmm. instructors that help facilitate that. Um, and then we just take them through a real graduated process. Sure. So over three, six months, depending on everyone's learning style, mm-hmm. um, you know, we give them an intro and then we build them up, you know, progressively until they're delivering like whole solutions sure. that would sort of mimic what it would look like in a workplace. And they're mentored along the way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. They've, got access, they've got access to us yep. to give them up-to-date industry requirements, standards. Yep. Mm. 100%. And I'm, I'm out client facing, you know, five days a week and then I'm bringing that back. Um, you know, through Kamal, who's doing the project management side of it, and we're just we're pouring that constantly back into our training. Sure. So it's constantly being adapted, um, mm. keeping it in line with industry expectations. Yep. But we're also understanding of the um, military members' journey to make sure that it's adapting to their learning styles and they're getting the best experience possible. I really like what you highlight, Dave. Um, before Kamal, I get you just talk a little bit more about the the stuff that you're developing at the moment. What What I like about what you said is that. <coughs> The information that you're giving them is nurturing them through a process of understanding what emerging technology is. But the fact is that both of you and everyone else on our team, especially within the automation sort of space, is actually out in industry and then they're able to give that back to those that are coming through the journey. Absolutely. So a lot of the questions that we get asked here with you with me, especially the the pathfinders, are getting asked by... um, veterans or even spouses or in within our home squads program they're getting asked oh but you know you're not a university or you're not an rto but to me it's that what we're doing is we're giving relevant information for them to be able to do the job yeah absolutely and i guess like so with this particular training if we were an rto we wouldn't be able to respond to industry trends Mm -hmm. Um, and then because it is emerging tech it has to go through this iterative process of just you know, go out there, train, we go out in industry, mm-hmm. we bring that back, we consult, we change the course, we bring it up to date. Mm-hmm. If we were an RTO, we wouldn't be able to provide these high impact um, qualifications mm-hmm. that are current and up to standard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. To actually, to add on that, so with the industry, the, so if we go to automation, so RPA is the founding father, essentially. That's what we'll, we'll go yep. from. In 2001, it came on the scene. Mm-hmm. It's 2020 now. Mm. And now the momentum is picking up, but we're now, we've gone from RPA mm. and in the last six months to 12 months, it's now changed to intelligent automation or integrated Correct. automation. So it's sure. taken 18 years to do that, but it's now starting to progress and it's going to become cognitive. And obviously we're using cognitive AI as, as some of the terminology, but universities are only just starting to pick RPA up. So they're starting to slowly teach RPA. Yeah, sure. But that, that's, that's dead. We don't call it RPA anymore. It's yeah. now called intelligent automation or integrated automation. And now there's all these new software tools on the market mm. that take the, the best of um, the AI or the intelligent automation um, aspects we can discuss later, but they put them together into one software tool. Yeah. Right? It's not yeah. just RPA anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so Kamal, that's probably a good um, moment there if I can <coughs> ask um, you to just maybe a little bit elaborate on the software tools in terms of how our approach is. You're sort of, you know, leading the front on um, developing the the resources and the, the training that we are implementing. Can we talk about the fact that we are agnostic and what that means and what the value add for those people that are actually taking our courses? Yeah. So when I joined, so back when I joined the, the company, we were teaching one tool, which was Blue Prism, you know, and we were teaching and we're the agnostic part of it, which is sort of like it doesn't matter what tool you use. 
we, we teach the skill. So that's why we, when we refer to agnostic, we refer to like, we'll teach you the skill on how to produce an automated solution or how to produce an end-to-end automated solution. And we'll let you, we'll show you how to use a tool doing that, but you learn the process through mm-hmm. the, the, the definition, the design, the configure, or the development, the testing and the deployment, right? And we, had, we show you everything. That was the original um, way we taught, and we still use that agnostic approach. What we found, what I found after that was all the veterans, the initial veterans that went through our program, they were going out and when the other tools were coming on the market, mm-hmm. I would give them a call and I would mentor them and say, hey, go and learn this tool because there's some opportunity around in the market for that. So they would, they were able to, because they knew all about RPA and they knew all about, the, they learned the skill, mm-hmm. they could go and then do the other vendor offering tools like UiPath or Automation Anywhere because they knew already what it all did and you know, they knew already how to put a process together. So mm-hmm. all they had to do was learn the tool and mm-hmm. that's easy. So then what I found from that, and the result of that was like, well, the, the, the community out there still doesn't understand what automation is. Right? Mm. And our veterans still, you know, they're, they're doing the training, but they don't know where it sort of fits in the bigger picture. Sure. So then I, cr- I decided, well, I'm going to create it, because the industry's changing into intelligent automation, I'm like, well, it's not going to be the RPA career pathway anymore. It's going to be the automation career pathway. So we made that change. And so we made it quite rapidly. And now we're going to introduce our veterans and whoever comes through, we're going to introduce them to intelligent automation. Mm -hmm. As we've discussed before, this is very important. It's like you need to understand where RPA fits and that it's the founding father and you need to understand the full ecosystem of what intelligent automation is. That sets the veteran up, anyone on our course, whether they're a veteran or someone just doing a career uh, transition, it sets them up to understand, all right, okay, now I understand where everything sits. Mm-hmm. I understand where to go to get more information. Mm-hmm. I understand the bigger picture. Okay, now when I do RPA analyst, RPA developer, solution developer, I now know what I'm doing and where sure. it sits. Sure. But not only that, it introduces, I wanted to introduce our veterans to the actual ecosystem of what makes up intelligent automation. Yeah. So what other tools can be used, but not the exact tools, but what other aspects or components of it. Mm. Yeah. So I go into that as well. The second one was when I went into industry to start delivering projects, I realized that all these industries are like saying to me, oh, have you heard of the robotic operating model? And I'm like, yeah, yeah I've heard of it. You know, and yeah, it's there, but it's not developed yet. It's not as developed yet. And then when I started researching it and looking at industry, I found there was a lot of organizations that wanted to go on their own. Sure. And there's a lot of veterans out there that we had placed that would benefit from this robotic operating model course that I'd built. Mm-hmm. So I've taken it from a very mature operating model and I've built this operating model course so that gives our veterans an understanding now how to manage a capability. Why it's important for governance, why it's important for people to be trained, Mm. why it's important for roles and responsibilities, the technology set up. So now they're going to go into industry and they're going to go, oh yeah, virtualization. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, Yeah, I know the the architecture, the technology architecture and how it's set up. I know what to consider. Can I ask a question there? Because I think it's a really highlight point. And Aaron, I might get you actually to answer this. And Kamal, you can add on if you like. I think that fits in really well in terms of any maybe hesitations that veterans or spouses, whoever's on someone that's career transitioning, like you said, Kamal, that's going into emerging technology. How is then talking about the way that we've set up our training help them sort of um, reduce that fear of trying emerging tech because of how we're training you know or what you've seen in industry that helps sort of um 
people, you know, make that decision? Yeah, so I guess the way we solve that is the holistic sort of approach. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a, like if we were an RTO, you just go off, learn the course and then head out there. We use the values that we've got in the military, big family, you know, the teamwork, and we support them and we try and mentor them. But not only do we just send them out after once they've done the training or we've helped them find a job, we're developing a full end-to-end pathway that, you know, the 18 months plus finishing their training and we can still provide training mentorship and we can get them up to that first sort of senior level of delivery lead and we can we can make sure their journey whether they're part of our team or whether external we'll always still support them on that journey so it's not just a get out there you're done see you later yeah it's you know we're developing a whole program yeah like we have we have 10 veterans out there right now in different squads in different organizations some with us and some with the you know consulting firms out there and boutique consulting firms and they will ring us regularly and go, hey, we've encountered this issue, we're not sure how to handle it. Yeah. And then we'll go, okay, is it a tech issue or is it a leadership issue or is it a team issue? What, where does it sit? And then they sure. talk through it and we go, okay, in this situation, it's best to do this. In this situation, mm-hmm. it's best to do this. And we give them some guidance and mentorship and then they go back. And we usually get a call or an email later going, oh man, thanks so much, you know, yeah, appreciate yeah, so, it. Yeah, because that's like really like a community-based <coughs> sort Absolutely. of learning program, which, um, you know, I'm gonna give a shameful plug, that's kind of what With You With Me People is. Absolutely. So the With You With Me People platform, um, which we've just launched, you know, only within the recent weeks, is basically a community-based platform where you're not only able to find out what we what we do here at With You With Me, have a look at obviously the strength assessment, um, having a look at what services what we have available, um, and having a look at obviously the training. It's this part as well. Yeah, it's absolutely. that once you've gone through the training um, and then you've gone into an opportunity within a squad, with a squad model, which I might get you guys to talk about in a moment, um, but it's about this whole constant ecosystem of ongoing support, ongoing mentorship, um, which is kind of what the military does. Absolutely. You know, like you were saying yeah, before, absolutely. the military brings you in, you learn something new, and then, you know, the best part of it, let's say, is that part, you know, Absolutely. ongoing support, ongoing coaching, ongoing mentoring, and you've got like that professional development pipeline, which is what you were talking about. Correct. Yeah. Um, so then can you talk um, a little bit, because obviously you've both been through the training, you've both trained others. Can we talk a little bit about what the squad model is in terms of automation? Um, so, okay, so the, so the squad model was um, born from our first major project into defense. Mm-hmm. So we were able to put four, four of our veterans into defense to help in their automation um, capability, building their automation capability. Um, to Because, uh, yeah, so when we saw that, we were like, okay, this is, this, this is a good model, right? So we had someone who, one of the guys in the squad, he goes, hey, I'd like to start doing a bit of leadership. And I said, okay, well then you can be, you know, the leader of the squad then. Sure. Or you can be the leader of the team. Um, and informal, it wasn't a formal thing. It was just like, hey, we'll mentor you to become a leader. He was an enlisted guy in the Navy. So it was just like, all right, we'll mentor you along the way to become a leader. He took it, you know, he did really well. And I think that spawned the idea of like, hey, this this works. Mm-hmm. You know, we can we can do this for other def- uh, departments and we can actually do this not only for veterans, but we can also do it for families, mm-hmm. right? So the families are, as you said, squad, home squad. Um, so what we do now is, we actually go out in industry. Industry have limitations on full-time employment, right? Sure. Some, you know, a lot of government departments, they can't employ any more people because it doesn't look good on their books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they have a lot of contract dollars. So they've got the appetite for teams to come in, and that's why you get a lot of consultancies come through. 
have teams come in of squads mm-hmm. and it could be two two members up to four or five members and then we have a leader that a squad leader that goes in and helps build that team and mm-hmm. train them and we mentor that leader mm-hmm. and then they help build the team they put them through our training um, in whatever emerging tech it is whether it's cyber data or automation and then we we deploy that team into an organization mm-hmm. and that that team is part of with you with me absolutely yeah. right and then at the end of that if that organization has released capacity um, and they can actually employ them full time, they have that choice. Yeah. You know, after 12 months, if that organization, let's say whatever government department, they might go, hey, we really like that whole thing. Mm. Or we like three of these guys, they're a very good cultural fit. Sure. Guys or girls, we would like to bring them on full time. No worries. Okay. Absolutely. And then we just either we redeploy those other two somewhere else and the leader then goes off and builds another team. Mm. Yeah. So. Do you have anything to add to that? Um, and I guess it just it, it just adds on to that whole holistic program as I've mentioned before of that we, even if the squad members go out with another team or the squad leader has to develop another team we're not just going to leave people out you know and we're, sure. whether they move on or whether they come back and they you know do a new pathway yeah. we just try and have that transition that this lasts longer than their initial engagement just mm-hmm. so we're, they're part of the community because I, mean, I think that's really important like you were saying Aaron with, with transition is that when you're in the military and they say, you know, you should have a five-year plan of Absolutely. actually getting out. And I think what we're trying to do, especially within this automation space, is, you know, getting you to understand why you're a good fit for automation first and foremost, which is part of our Discover program. Um, you know, taking the strength assessment, getting them to understand how, like you were saying, I was a chef, but I had a lot of qualities and transferable skills that were identified that would make me a good fit for automation. So Absolutely. that's that first part. And then going obviously through the training program, which which both of you have highlighted, it's something wasn't a silver bullet, like you said. It was something that you both had to go out and do more independent yeah. research to get a better understanding. And now we've um, revamped the training, what is what Kamal's doing at the moment, is about getting them to understand the ecosystem, which yeah. I think is hugely valuable for people that are probably afraid about going into emerging tech, you Absolutely. know? You know, because they're like, oh, I don't know what it is, and it doesn't make sense, and there's a lot of unknowns. Well, I mean, it's it's the training that, like, when guys when guys and girls join the military, you spend your recruit training, and you learn about the military, you learn about Absolutely. everything about either each one of each service, right? The history, what it is, when this corps was de- uh, you know, established, yeah, mm. stuff like that. That the air force came from the army, you know. Which ah! but it's like you learn about all those things and you learn about where you sit in the ecosystem yeah so when you go out into the real the real army or the real navy or air force um you actually know where you're going and then you have a career pathway so you know your chosen ecn or your chosen um specialization mm-hmm. you know now what you got to do absolutely all yeah. your career all your professional development all mm-hmm. your cr- uh, promotion courses and that's what we're trying we, we're doing here and that's the intent of what we do in our training is that we, we we don't say oh here just do this course and off you go we go hey do this course we'll set you up for being job ready and then this is your career progression yeah in absolutely. that industry yeah this is what's available to you and this mm-hmm. is where you should be going and this mm-hmm. is the squad you know your professional development yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. So um, I think on that point there, maybe I'll ask you first, Aaron, what is one piece of advice that you would give a transitioning veteran deciding, you know, um, about emerging tech or something that you know, if you were sitting in front of you now, 
two years ago, what would be that piece of advice that you would give that you two yeah, years ago? Yeah, absolutely. Don't give up on the journey. Um, it is a journey for a reason. It's mm-hmm. not clear cut and goes, yes, we are going to go from here. There, it could be stop start and there sure. could be, you could change. So I started on project management and ended up on automation, sure. which they're completely different. Um, but I had to go on the journey of discovery and find out what it was all about, talk to people, you know, go to seminars, you know, and sometimes it can be quite a simple fit. If you've got that background, yep, you know, it's, it's yeah. gonna make sense, but drawing that sort of connection on how to get into emerging tech, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it can be hard, but don't be scared of it as well, because we designed it up to be, um, you know, like that whole zero to hero type thing. Sure. You know, we, we take people with zero skills, mm-hmm. and then we like, send them out into the world with, you know, like a fair amount of information mm-hmm. that, you know, they may not have all the answers straight away, but they're informed and they know where to get the decisions. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, bring it back to us and then you know we, we just keep sending that back out and yeah you know developing them and yeah going through the journey so yeah don't uh just keep at it don't get disheartened perfect and Kamal what about you if one piece of advice that whether you're giving to yourself or someone that's you know about to start the transition journey just to sort of make it easier think about where you were two years ago and think about where you are now um the decisions you didn't make or the, the choices you didn't proceed with. You know, I remember when I I remember when I went to ADFA and went and did a career change essentially. And I remember you saying to me, what are you gonna do? Like four years time, like you think four years back when you were deciding to do something and now we're four years at like, where are you gonna be four years down the track? Either make the decision now and just see where it takes you. Mm. That's what I say, just get in there it's an exciting, uh, emerging tech is exciting, there's heaps of opportunity. Yeah. And it's a 12, you know, some of them are like, most of our courses are like 12 weeks. Yeah. Like it's 12 weeks, and then at the end of 12 weeks, the doors will start to open, and there's the opportunity for you. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, don't, it's, it's a short-term pain for long-term gain. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. That's fantastic, thank you guys. Um, before, we, before we finish up, because we've got a few moments left, maybe highlights of, your careers in the, in the defense and highlights now? Uh, <laughs> defense would definitely be sailing around the world and doing Centenary of Gallipoli on nice. Young Endeavor. Um, that was fantastic. You know, we went around Cape Horn under a full press of sail. Nice. It just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Um, so that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but uh, automation career, um, I had a sink or swim moment in sure. my automation um, where they had a position that needed someone to go to America at very short notice. And I was there and I had little experience, but I had all the sort of tenacity of like, yep, give me a go, like I can do this. And they sent me over there and I nailed it. And it just proved to myself that I could do it. And even though I didn't have all the information, I had the resources to find out that information. And you know, ever since then, I've just been like, yeah, I can do this, I can nail it. Think That's about it. awesome. You were, you were yeah. just a chef or something. I know, just, just a chef. <laughs> you yeah. were like cooking, <laughs> and like, you're testing all your vegetables. It's like, we walked down the street, like yesterday, we were walking down the street, and uh, we're like, oh, where are we going to eat? Oh, there's a really good restaurant over there. <laughs> we're like, oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh, God. And, um, Kamal, what about you? Oh, sorry, have you? Yeah, yeah perfect. Okay, perfect. What about you? Best moments in the military and, you know, now? Uh, okay, I'm a, I'm a people person, so commanding um, the uh, commanding the TST at 6th Aviation Regiment, that was, I love that, as a TST commander, that was like, 
awesome. And then the other one was going to the US for two and a half years and serving there and working with the heavy attack and uh, reconnaissance squadron mm. um, and deploying with them to Iraq and leading their entire maintenance capability. It was like $1.2 billion worth of capability and managing that entire capability, um, you know, recently when we're in there. So, like, I've never managed an Apache before, you know, but I managed that system. Like, it was just like amazing. Yeah. In the industry now, in the automation industry, I think my highlight was I joined the organization in August. I'd completed the course, became head of automation, and we got we got a, we landed a project to deliver a strategy to a large global food and beverage company because the current consulting firm had not done, not delivered. Mm-hmm. So we came in and it was short term, six weeks, we had to deliver a capability, a strategy, a white paper. And I was like, oh my God. But I've only done the RPA job. <laughs> <laughs> so we were in there and we, and, and essentially the first couple of days was like, oh my God, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And, and then yeah. I know, shut up, Kamal. You're in being in the military, you get thrown into, always get thrown into something yes. you don't yeah. know. So I was just like, all right, what do you do first? Learn what the customer wants. So we just went, what do you need? What What are the time frames? What are the milestones? What are the d- deadlines? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that's the scope. And then the client just went, we just need this, 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 this. Or the end state is we, we, we need the funding to, to build out the automation capability. All right. So I said, well, what do you think the leadership needs? And they said, well, the leadership is focused on this, this, and this. I said, all right, well, let's build it out from that. And yeah. then we just started building it out. We had some challenges. Um, we had some challenges, but um, it, at the end, we delivered. Like, we were up to 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, like, we were like, <laughs> I was like, in a way, just like, and I remember yeah, the guy that was with me, project manager with me, he was like on the other line, on the other end, we are doing the collaborative document, and you could see him typing, and just when he was typing words, I was like, no, that doesn't make sense, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a word. Yeah. <laughs> Go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> but that was good. We, yeah. we delivered, and then... What really cemented that, that has been a really highlight, um, was the fact that it was such a quick turnaround, but at the end they went, we really loved your work ethic. Yeah. We really loved your team's work ethic. You, you guys surged when we needed to surge. You guys delivered when we needed. He goes, we've worked with, the, they said, we've worked with all these other consulting firms and they don't have that same mm-hmm. delivery work ethic. It's yeah. like, oh, time's up, we're going home. We're, yeah, absolutely. We knew the, their hurt and we knew their pain points and we sort of, Met, uh, help them get through that. Yeah, yeah. and I that's, think that's what military. That's all for the military, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yes. you know, going through all those hard times, yeah. no sleep, no food, yeah. like outcome sort of orientated. Or when you finish your work, Absolutely. right? And and your mate's still on the aircraft or still digging the ditch or whatever, yeah. and you're going to go and have some chow, and you're like, yeah, hey, mate, let me go. What do you need done? And you just go back yeah, over, absolutely. and you can go without food longer. So yeah. it's like, I think that's what I love about being here with you with me and all the guys that we've got out our team yeah. you and I like when we go out and have a beer with them hey what's going on and we're like oh I think we're struggling a little bit here and there alright well, what do you need let's let's get you through that yeah. that's what I like doing an RPA project doesn't often require having no food yeah just in a surge capacity yeah. is yeah. one project yeah. just gotta get that out there no and can, can I just highlight thank you both so much for answering that because it was part of the next sort of question that or sort of final sort of point I wanted to make that all that what you did, all your work ethic and a majority of what you've actually implemented into this automation space has been through the military. Correct. You know, 
So you've taken what you've learned from, you know, and you both came from very, you know, times in service and stuff like that, but you both had that work ethic. And so the reason I bring this up is that whoever's listening and whoever's watching, if you have that sort of, you're feeling stuck and you don't know what that next sort of level of repurpose is because, you know, most of you identify yourself with the military when you're in service, yeah? yeah? And then you feel as though when you're coming out of service, you're like, I don't know who I am. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you know? And yeah, so, I struggled. Yeah. yeah. And that, what listening to you both then, all you have done is taken, your identity was not tied to the military. You're all just very similar people in the military and you've just plugged who you are now into this corporate environment within an emerging technology, which is going to be huge. So people sign up, um, you know, um, and you're succeeding and customers are loving it because it, and it's what you've learned in the military and and the makeup of who you are, that's actually allowed you to drive and excel forward. So, you know, that's, I think that's really important and I think it's a great point to um, leave on. So, both of you, Aaron, Kamal, thank you so much for joining me um, on the program. Uh, thanks to all those who have been, you know, tuning in. Um, next time, I'm actually going to bring you in someone that we've helped support through uh, the cybersecurity sort of space that's working in industry at the moment as well. But um, remembering, be fierce, po- be fierce podcast episode. Say, sorry, episode season two. Um, if you want to listen to us, we're on all the channels, most of them. I think we're on like iTunes, but really Spotify is the only one that we have everyone listens to. Oh, and Apple Podcasts, yeah. Um, you can watch us on our YouTube channel as well. Definitely all of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there it is. Oh, my God. I saw one. No, no. This is what I have to deal with, right? This no. is what I have to deal with. Excuse me. Hang on a second. All right. No, there is an actual list. I'm glad there's I live like, in a big house. <laughs> there's an actual list, but I don't go through it because, like, anyway, I'm not even going to finish. We're finished now. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks. <laughs> See ya.